Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker Betting Show. This is the first show of 2024 as we took a bit of a break through January, but we're delighted to be back to preview the racing this weekend at Cheltenham and Doncaster. And I'm delighted to be joined by Odds Checker's very own tipster, Andy Holding. Andy, how do we find you today? Better than you, by the sound of it. Um, yeah, I've got I've got a migraine coming on. So if I, can't, if, I, if I suddenly start slowing my words, listen, I'm very sorry. Yeah, um, I, I've got no excuses on that front. I'm clean bill <laughs> of health, having suffered um, through the sort of Christmas into the New Year period. But um, hopefully, my tipping and hunting prowess won't suffer on this uh, podcast. It's uh, yeah, it's good to be back and back with a bang, aren't we? With a fantastic um, mm. weekend's action. I think the next two weeks are going to be pivotal, aren't they, George? Regards Cheltenham Festival sort of um, arrangements. So many good horses who've been quiet in the last couple of months are going to roll the dice and see where we're at prior to the big meeting in another month's time, month or two's time. And then the following week, of course, we get the Dublin Racing Festival, which tells us pretty much all we need to know about all the um, the good horses over in Ireland, particularly the novices. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting how it feels like last time we spoke back in December, it was still a while away until the festival, but now suddenly 25th of January, it's only six weeks or so until we're there. Uh, we're, we're hitting the, the, the business time, I guess, in terms of the festival itself. How's how's 2024 started for you in terms of the uh, the racing? Yeah, Tutterwood, pretty good. I had a reasonably good December. Um, the whole year was not very good, I must admit. I was, I was still made a profit, but I was down on previous years, so I'm, I'm not shouting anything by the rooftops by any stretch of the imagination, but I just feel as though December, January have been a, a little bit more um meaningful in regards uh, profitability and, and and good results as well and uh, logical results that there's been too many banana skins and uh, I, I think i've got a rough idea where we stand with all the novices now just need to sort of pigeonhole them into the right categories depending on like i say the, these final trials um it's very tempting to back some of them before they run either this week or next week but i think history dictates that i think you're probably better off seeing the results, doing the analysis, letting the dust settle and then taking the prices afterwards because I, I think a lot of these are going to be fairly difficult to predict. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into the racing. Uh, we're going to go through the card at Cheltenham and then we'll skip over to the three grade twos at Doncaster as well. Um, but we're going to kick off with the opener, uh, which is the Triumph Trial um, over the extended two miles, the 12.05. Uh, before we do so, though, just going to point you in the, in the direction of Odds Checker and the Odds Checker app, where you can find the best prices, book your offers, free bets, place terms, and the best tips in the game straight to the app, including Andy himself every day of racing. Uh, but a quality opener here at Cheltenham. We've got uh, Burdett Road as the 10 to 11 favourite ahead of Sergino uh, at 13 to 8. An unbeaten record will go. Um, Milantino is 7 to 1. Uh, Accelero 12 to 1. La Fauve is 40 to 1. Ellerton 66 to 1 and Cosmic Soul 100 to 1. Burdett Road's performances so far, getting the nod here for favouritism ahead of Sergino. Uh, how does that stack up with your numbers, Andy? Yeah, Burnett Road's run two reasonably good numbers, um, particularly his run last time out here at Cheltenham when he came from a long way back to win. It has to be said quite impressively. Um, impressed on many fronts that day, the fact that he quickened up so well in the latter stages from where he was at halfway. But more importantly, how he recovered from a series of poor jumping uh, errors. Um, his technique was put under scrutiny and he didn't really come to scratch. I think a lesser horse would have really struggled to quicken the way he did. 
he should have um, blunted his finishing um, kick, but it didn't. So I think if they can work on that department, and I think a lot of that will uh, come with more practice and more importantly on, on better ground. I think that could be the key to thinking jump better on better ground, spring ground. So he's clearly a very, very talented horse. He's, he's, he's worked himself or shortened up quite markedly in the market. Then last time we spoke, he's around about six, seven to one without really doing anything. And yet there seems to be more and more competition coming in from all angles. So I, I can't quite understand why he's so short. I mean, he, he takes on Sergino, who's equally impressive, not more impressive at Kempton on his debut. Then you've got the likes of Stormheart, Bunting, Carguess, Salva, Norburg ring, a horse I really like, Car Carla Conte. I, I think mm. the Triumph Hurdle is about a stronger division of juveniles we've seen for a long time. I don't think they're all spectacularly brilliant, but I do think we've got a lot of good talent in there and we're going to get a, a much, much more stronger and competitive Triumph Hurdle field than we have done in the last three or four years when we perhaps had two or three with a with a chance. You know, like last, last year, Lossy Mouth, Blood Destiny the year before, you know, all intents and purposes, like you know, the, the likes of Goshen have just sort of dominated that division. Um, so I think we're going to learn more over the weekend how good Burnett Road is and how good he is in comparison to the one with the most potential, which is definitely Sergino. If you remember going back to the start of the season when we did a podcast, George, um, regarding horses to follow for the season, I put up Salvatore Mundi, who hasn't yeah. run yet, but he's due to run in the Dublin Racing Festival next week and make his debut there. Um, but he got beat by uh, Sergino in that Autoy um, uh, uh, listed hurdle um, back in, I think it was April, June, uh, May time. Um, and he was really impressive that day. He's very impressive at Kempton. Looked very green, still learning on the job. But um, he powered clear in the latter stages. The second has won since. The third runs today um, at, I think it's Weatherby in the first. So we'll get more idea how good that form is. Uh, and I think this will be a real test for Burdett Road because I do think Sergino has got probably more physical scope than him. Whether he's quicker, I don't know. But I think a, a year or two down the line, Sergino will be a better horse than Burnett Road, who is very much a, a here and now juvenile. So how, how do you play this, the prices as they stand? Well, am I looking at the right price here, around about 9 to 4 for Sergino? Would that be correct? No, no, 13 to 8 now. That's, that's pre-final decks. 13 to 8. Yeah, it looks a match though, doesn't it? I can't see any others getting into it. So I'd probably go with um, Sergino and take him to cause a little bit of a shock, I suppose. Sergino, 13 to 8. These are early prices, I've got to say. We're recording this just after midday uh, on Thursday. So final decks just out, only a couple of firms out. So they may be bigger. Um, but if you check the odds checker app or the site, you'll find out there where the best price is. Uh, on to the 12.40 now. Uh, the novice handicap chase over two and a half miles and blow your wad and Ginny's destiny, the four to one joint favourites. Theatre man eleven to two, a perfecto uh, six to one. Uh, Tighten our belts thirteen to two. Persian time eight to one. Happy and fine ten to one. Fourteen to one. Unexpected party twenty to one. Bar those, Andy. I think this is going to be one of the most informative races on the card. It often is because if you go back and look at the role of honour here, uh, George, I mm. would say at least three, if not maybe more, have won this and then gone on to win at the Cheltenham Festival. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Whitaker, who won it back in 2018, he went on to win the old two-and-a-half-mile handicap um, for, for Mick Shannon uh, back in the day. Simply the Bets won it three years ago um, for Harry Whittington, and he went on to win the plate. Um, Imperial Alcazar, I think he ran in a handicap and 
got beat, but he ran really well. I think he might have got beat by the thing of Evan Williams is that was you know about a twelve year old or something like that. Always used to run Shannon really well. I think it's cool Cody. Um, stage star wasn't last year, um, and he went on to win the the, um, the Turners. So even though it's a handicap, it's going to like I say, I think it's going to be incredibly informative. Whether he throws up a graded win at Channel, I don't know, but I think it'll definitely um, produce horses that will end up running in festival races of, of some description. Um, obviously, a lot of people will be looking at Jeannie's Destiny, having beaten Dan Skelton's Grey Dawning in a, in a, um, a good graded race here last time out. There was no fluke about that run. Um, he jumped, he travelled. Probably you could have argued that Grey Dawning might have won without that bad mistake at the second last, but I think he probably won on merit on the day. And, of course, you know he's a similar type to stage star. Obviously, likes to pull some distance, jumps well, goes off in front. He's bound to give a good account. But whether we could shake off the likes of Blow Your Wad or Theatre Man would be um, questionable. I do think uh, Blow Your Wad is also a horse to keep on the right side of. He comes to me out of good form at the moment, Tom Lacey. And that race that he won at Kempton uh, over the Christmas period was highlighted by its very strong speed figure compared to uh, LS Francais and Huyck. Um, and I did the uh, circuit, final circuit uh, sectionals uh, and Blow Your Wad actually ran quicker than the French horse and Hewick as well, two grade one winners. So he was obviously operating at a fair level that day, Blow Your Wad. Um, I mean, he hasn't been missed by the bookies in at four to one. I thought, I thought I might uh, you know, be able to get a slightly bit bigger price. But I think he and S Perfecto have finished third at the two out of that race that I think might give Jimmy's Destiny uh, the, most to, the most to think about. So if at other prices, who would be the I mean Judy's Destiny and Blow Your Wad both four to one? Um how do you play it at this time? Yeah, I'd probably stick to that Kempton race. I'd probably split mistakes with Blow Your Wad and, and El Perfecto. And like I say, okay. favourable mention to Theatre Man as well. I've always had him down as a, a big handicap winner. So I think this is a really tough race, George. You know, it's not one to mm. get overboard on, but um because there's so many in with the chance. But out of the three I like, I, I whittle it down to Blow Your Wad and El S Perfecto out of that um, Kempton race. I think that's a strong use form line. Four to one and six to one. Um, on to the 115 now. Uh, another handicap chase over two and a half miles. Uh, Il Rodoto is the four to one favourite. Excello, six to one. Uh, Victorino, 13 to two. Hitman, 15 to two. Jatoile, 11 to one. Uh, Grandeur, Dame, uh, Grandeur Dame is 11 to one. Garlaw and Frere Dam and easy as that. And Bill Baxter, all 12 to one as well. 25 to one bar those. 13 runners as it stands, Andy. How do you see this? Um, well, Ibra Doto won it last year, and I think he probably deserves um, to win it again based on what happened to him here last time out. I mean, he just got nutted by his old rival, Daniel um, Fugitive, but it was a strong race. They pulled well clear of the rest. Time was good, and you can pretty much set your clock by Ibra Doto. You just know what you're going to get with him. Um, a lot of people praise the ride that Bryony Frost gave him that day, which I agree to a certain certain extent in the fact that he got him out in front and um you know played to his strengths but he made one or two little niggly errors here then everywhere which is unlike him and Bryony I think sometimes is just a little bit at cross purposes with the horse. So I actually don't think he jumped as well as he probably could do. Um and those little errors here there and everywhere I think ultimately cost him the race. So with Harry Cobden on board, hopefully Il Rodoto will jump a clear round and see all these off. 
Excello is very much one that you you don't know how far we could go. I, I, you know, I was really impressed with Matt Ascot last time out, but he's never run around Cheltenham, so I, again, you weigh that up. That 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 has to be a little bit of a worry. Vi, uh, Victorino comes here instead of going to the um, Great Yorkshire Chase. So collections clearly think he's got enough speed to win over two and a half, but again, he's never run around Cheltenham. So when you're looking at the sort of like body of work that the main two or three have got in the market, the fact that El Rodito has got such an unbelievable record here around Presbury, I think that should tip the balance in his favour. So come Saturday, hopefully these odds will extend a bit. There'll be money for other horses, and El Rodito will be more five to one rather than four to one at the moment. And we can get perhaps an each way bet on him four or five places because bookmakers will be really clamouring to get your business on Saturday. So, yeah. We'll wait till Saturday and hope that Il Rodito drifts out, which I think he probably will. And um, that's that's the time to attack him. Yeah, four to one, four places with Hills is the best you're going to get now. But as I says, the advice uh, to hold fire until later on. Um, one fifty next up um, is the Cotswold Chase, uh, where Stairway Faye and Royal Pagai are the 130 joint favourites. The real whacker. Uh, obviously, Cheltenham form is uh, nine to two. That's all right, Gino six to one. Uh, Ahoy, Senor thirteen to two, and Capadano eight to one. Uh, so a decent, trappy little field, but a decent quality. Uh, plenty of case. Well, easy to make a case, I, I guess, for for all six. Um, who do you see at this stage uh, as as being the the value? Well, it's a bit of a poison chalice this race, or whatever wins it, George. And I don't think many win this and then go on to win the Gold Cup. In fact, I can't remember mm. the last ten years anything that did. They might have. Horses that ran well in it. I mean, the giant bolster back in the day. And, um, you, know, you saw Native Rivers and Santinas of this world, you know, that have often been on the fringes, but they've never won it. Um, and it's always a difficult race to assess because we often get the sort of grade three, grade two horse running. The genuine sort of Gold Cup protagonists t- um, tend not to come here. So I think it's very much up for grabs. You could, like I say, you can make a case for all six, but I'll probably go with That's All Right, Gino. Um, who has yet to prove himself at this level, but I was really impressed with his um, victory in the, is it the Labrook? Is it, I think it might have changed. I think it might be the Coral mm-hmm. Gold Cup rather than the Labrook Gold Cup, uh, formerly known as the Hennessy, let's say, for a, for those of a certain vintage. Um, but his victory over Marla Mission, who is a genuine graded horse, I think was a sign that this horse has really arrived, and it's taken ages for the connections to work out what trip he actually needs. For those of us that have been following him for the last 18 months, we've been frustrated with some of the performances he's put up over two and a half when he constantly keeps getting outpaced and then running on again. But like I say, he was really good at Newbury when stamina kicked in. The further he went, the better he looked. They're thinking about the Grand National for him or maybe the Gold Cup. Um, if he does go on to win this, I they're going to find out which race to kind of run him in, depending on how he gets on. But the form of that race at um, Newbury's worked out really, really well. Jake him up, Harry, who was six, won the other day. And horses like complete unknown all the way down the line. Even um, horses that were pulled up um, um, have gone on to run well subsequently. So I think it was a good good renewal of the old Hennessy last, uh, this year. And, um, you know, he's won at the track as well. So with one or two horses not quite fitting all the criteria here, like Raw Pagai, is he a Cheltenham horse? Is Stowaway Faye going to be experienced enough? Does the rear whacker stay three mile two? Does a hoist senior have the, uh, the sort of metal for... Winning a race like this again, his, his, his fencing technique has definitely come under scrutiny in recent years. And I think that's all right, Gina. I might have the one with the fewest convic- uh, convictions. And at the prices, he strikes me as probably being the value bet. 
That's all right, Juno. Six to one um, with Skybet, Paddy Power, Betfair Sportsbook, and Bet Victor and Ladbrooks as well. Uh, yeah, six to one there for that's all right, Gino. Um, on to the um, Clarence House, the rerouted Clarence House uh, in the two tw- two twenty five. Uh, certainly, the big race on the card, but maybe not the best way uh, punting perspective. John Bon is the four to eleven favourite ahead of Editor de Gite at fifteen to two. Fugitive, uh, Alexander de Nuts and Nubenegra all 16 to 1, making up the five runner fields. Can you make a case here against John Bonandi? I can't, but um, you know me, George, I'm going to make a case out for a bet in the race um, without John Bon in it. Um, I mean, it's a shame that Fabiola doesn't um, come here, um, having looked as though he's going to take him on at Ascot. But race goes will be obviously served up that treat hopefully at the festival. So we, we get a, 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 a sort of like the mouth-watering prospect of that bubble not bursting until March. Uh, so that's quite exciting on that front. But yeah, I have to pay John Bond to win and win comfortably. He's just a thorough professional on the absolute doors chart. I can't see him getting beat here. But I do think uh, Fugitive has got a good chance of chasing him home in, in the, on the basis that he'll probably be ridden to perhaps pick up the pieces. Um, one would imagine the editor of the gate will go off in front. John Bon will be breathing down that horse's neck. Um, and then you'll have like the other three kind of in behind, waiting to pounce. Should editor the gate's engine uh, cut out when challenged by John Bon. So given that Fugitive stays really well, and I, and I think this um, new course will play more into his strength than, than the old course. Uh, because he does stay two and a half miles really well. His record here at Cheltenham is actually incredible. I'm not saying that Nubi Negra, Alexia De Nuts and um, De Gate's got a poor record at Cheltenham. I'm not um, basing everything around that. But um, I, th- I still think he's improving fugitive. Uh, and hopefully Orodoto early on in the card will boost that form of that handicap last time out. So I don't think he can beat John Bond. Um, far from it. But um, in the without the favourite market, fugitive might prove to be the uh, the one to be with. Fugitive, 16 to 1. Um, you can back each way a quarter of the two. No, without market yet. But as soon as it is as soon as it is out, it will be uh, on the Odds Checker app and on site. So do look out for that. Uh, the 3 o'clock at Cheltenham on Saturday, um, we've got what's formerly the International Hurdle, now the Unibet Hurdle. Uh, and Lossy Mouth is the 10 to 11 favourite ahead of Love Envoy at five to two. Uh, Rubold is five to one. Then First Street, 25 to one. And Guard Your Dreams, 33 to one. Another one, Andy, where it may not be the biggest field, but in terms of quality and in terms of the quality in particular of the favourite, uh, no quality lost at, uh, at all. No, um, it's um, it, it's it's a race that has, has been kind of like presented a little bit of a sprinkle of stardust on it with, with Lossy Mouth being in there. Wasn't sure which one William Mullins was going to run in this race. He had Gala Masson and a couple of other entries, but he decided to go with the mayor. And uh, you know, she's she's the one that we don't really know enough about yet. And, that, and that's not to say that um, you know she she hasn't got a really good body of work behind her based on her triumph hurdle sort of exploits or exploits in juvenile company because she hasn't run yet. And she hasn't run in open company yet, but she could really be anything really, to be honest. Um, we only scratched the surface of her last year. I think she's improving and um, she was basically beating what was put in front of her. So we'll get a real good indication with the likes of Love Envoy and Rubo in there of how good she is. 
or how good she could be. Um, I mean, she might end up being similar to the, you know, the horse um, of Willie Mullins in these colours that finished third in last year's um, uh, champion hurdle. Um, the horse that was favourite for the Melbourne Cup. Um, is it Vauban? Um, yeah. Kind of like a genuine good grade one winner as a juvenile, but not quite good enough for the proper, you know, the likes of Statement and Constitution Hill. Um, and she might end up going down the mayor's only route um, come the festival itself up, up, up over two and a half miles. So I think Willie's very much, you know, putting it, uh, a line, line in his tanks on the, on the, on the, um, in, in front of Presbury Park here and firing a few flares off here, there and everywhere over the weekend. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we're going to get with her. I think she'll probably win because I think this race will be set up nicely for her. Robo will go off in front. Love Envoy likes to race handy. Um, and I think the fact that Willie's preparing to throw roll the dice with her here this weekend and not sort of play easy and um, keep her on home soil, I, I think he feels as though he's got her pretty much where he wants her. So I, I do expect Lossie to win that three o'clock. Lost about 10 to 11 best price at the moment with William Hill as short as four to six uh, in places as well, which might be representative of where Lossy Math is headed in this market. Um, on to the Cleve hurdle now, the 335 where Paisley Park continues to impress, uh, rolling back the years. Uh, 130 Paisley Park, uh, that's best price with Coral. Uh, Dashiell Drasher is four to one. Noble Yates, nine to two. Champ, 13 to two. Strong leader, 10 to 1. Uh, Botox has 10 to 1. And flight deck, 25 to 1. Really interesting this. Um, Andy, how do you see it? I never thought I'd usher these words again, um, George, but <laughs> I, actually, I actually do think that Paisley Park is probably the, it's probably one of the strongest bets of the whole weekend here in, the, in, in this race. Wow. I, I can't get my head around now he's under the 30 here because unless he does something like he did here two years ago, if you recall when he almost refused to race. Um, yeah. And I remember at the time thinking, I still actually buy my, my mum. I, I remember it distinctly when he dug his toes and thought, oh, that's Paisley Park finished. You know, he's, he's lost the love of the game. And, you know, he was 20 lengths out the back door and just almost looking as though, you know, he, he was just running around as a, as a lap of honour, really. And then all of a sudden you think halfway, oh, he's back in the race. And, oh, my goodness me, he went on to win. It was quite one of the most extraordinary performances I think I've ever seen in a race because I've left dumbfounded. And I, I thought it's the last time I write off Paisley Park again. Um, and here we are two years later. He's right of age of 12 and he's still going as strong as ever. I think the, I think he's in the form of his life as well. I don't think he's any any worse than what he was when he won the Stays Hurdle two or three years, four years ago, whatever it was. Um, he's holding his form spectacularly well. He shouldn't have been, he should have beaten Dashiell Drasher first time out. I just think he was a bit rusty the way the race panned out. He got going far too late, but I mean, another two strides he would have beaten Dashiell Drasher. He beat his old rival, pointless in the long walk. I think he bumped into a horse. I think it's definitely going to shake a, um, a few feathers in the stairs hurdle itself in, in the long walk in the shape of Crambo. I think Crambo is very much a, a young buck coming through that um, he's entitled to be where he is at the, in the stairs hurdle. Uh, now we've lost the French horse as well, Thelmy. Um, you know, the sort of Stays early, he's up for grabs again now with, with um, you know, perhaps with one or two of these old-timers. But I think he'll beat Champ again. I think he'll beat Botox Ass. I think he'll beat Dasha Drasher. He's already beaten him in the long walk. And then you're, like, you're chucking the likes of Fly Deck. He beat him at Newbury. No, boy, Yates. I mean, can he win a Cleve hurdle? I mean, he's, he's nine now. He's been chasing. and 
I don't know. I think this is a bit of a afterthought, really, of mm. kind of trying to get his career back on track. Strong lead. I don't think he'll stay the trip. So when you actually boil it down and whittle it down, you think, well, if Paisley Park jumps off on terms and he's in a going mood, which to all intents and purposes, what we've seen so far this season, it, he hasn't looked like um, chucking in the towel. Then this court, this this new course really plays into his strength. I just think he'll outstay everything from two out. So. Yeah, I think I think 130 actually for once is a really really good bet for Paisley Park here. Strong one there from Andy. 130. That is with Coral. Um, short as 11 to four elsewhere, but that 130 standout best price um, there with Coral Paisley Park in the penultimate race on the card. Uh, finally, we've got the um, Novice Hurdle, where um, Gidley Park is the four to six favourite ahead of Johnny Who at nine to two. Uh, Antrim Coast eight to one, Lord of Thunder twelve to one, Isaac Dezobo uh, also twelve to one, fourteen to one. Bar those, Giddy Park all the range here, all the rage here. Andy four to six in a novice hurdle event uh, suggests a bit of a monster. Do, do your times agree? His best time was the um, performance he put up at Exeter um, when he won um, early on in the season. He beat a horse called Range um, quite quite comfortably. And then he went to Newbury the other day and he was all the rage again. Um, I think I put him up in my column, if I remember rightly. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's been a while ago and there's been loads of tips in, so I, I apologise if that wasn't the case. But um, <laughs> I did actually back him that day um, off the back of that time figure at, at, at Exeter. And he was really impressive, wasn't he, the other day when he, when he won at Newbury. Um, he kicked a few out of the ground. But because he's such a big horse, I don't think he's going to meet every hurdle in his stride. He's not one of those horses that can get in tight and be very nimble. He, he kind of like he's got his own way of getting over the hurdles. But when he does meet one on the stride that he's um, that, that he meets one at, he's really really good. He beat a very well backed horse of Paul Nichols, who's called Fireflyer. East India Express as well, um, back and forth had won well at Kenton the time before. Pick Rock, the fifth horse, he was beaten out of sight. He's gone on to win, I think, next time out at Catrick. Um, so it, it, it's pretty decent form. Whether he's quite good enough to to beat the really good Irish horses come the festival, like you you know you're reading Tommy Wrongs or um, uh, Ballyburn, for instance, the, the the genuine grade one Irish horses at the very top level. Only time will tell. But Harry Fry went very close to winning the Ballymore with a horse called Neon Moon about mm. four or five years ago, and he, he got beat by Ben Pauling's horse. Uh, I think he was a bit unlucky. I think he would, should have won that day. I think this is the nearest that Harry's got to that horse since then. I, I'll predict this horse. He's going to be a Gold Cup horse in about two years' time because he's going to go chasing whatever happens next year, for my money. And he's good, he's definitely going to be a stayer. So he's going to be in like an RSA brand advisory horse next season. And then the year after, I think he'll be a Gold Cup horse because he's only six now. So he's got the future in front of him. And I think we're going to see something pretty special Saturday because I do think this is one of the best horses running on the card. Um, so I, I see him being tightening up quite considerably for the Ballymore come Saturday. So my advice would be not necessarily piling to him at four to five, but to take the 10 to one, which is currently available for the Ballymore. Because I think he's odds are short. Like I say, I think he'd probably be half those odds, odds come Saturday. So I, I just don't think... Any of these horses here on Saturday as good as what he is. Giddy Park, yeah, 10 to 1, best price with Coral and Labrooks for the Ballymore, <clears throat> and currently best price 4 to 6 
uh, with Paddy Power for this race uh, come Saturday afternoon. Uh, strong positive words there for Andy about Gidley Park's chances, not just on Saturday, but also in the future. He's a gorgeous horse. Right? You look at it when you see him, for those, those that haven't seen him yet, they go and race him. I think he's one of the stars on show. He, he really is a proper, proper specimen. Exciting stuff. Looking forward to seeing him again on Saturday afternoon. Um, three races. We're going to do the three grade twos at Doncaster. And Andy, I'll ask you if there's any others uh, yep. to keep an eye on. Um, but first up is the the 130, which is the Supreme Trial. Uh, Jericho uh, de Rapone is 2-1. Uh, Lump sum, 13-2. Fiercely proud, 13-2. 16-1, the Kaluki Kid. And El Elephant is 25-1. to one. Again, another horse um, of Nicky Henderson's here in uh, the favourite, who is one of the talking horses of the jump season so far. Um, how does that reflect in the numbers? Yeah, he's just one of those ones that hasn't done a time yet. Um, he's just beaten what's been put in front of him. He's beaten nothing. The horses that finished behind him are just 110, 128, 20-rated horses at best. He's done it with a, a huge degree of swagger. He's got loads of tons, tons of size and scope about him. I mean, this will give us a better indication of what he's about because he's up against Fiercely Proud and Lutzum, who looked fairly impressive in winning both of their two hurdle starts. They're at a really good level, both of those two. The connections of both of those two sets of horses really like them as well. I know Ben Paulin thinks Fiercely Proud is one of his best novices, and he's got the likes of Tell Your Name, um, uh, Handstands, and the horse that won at... Um, uh, Doncaster the other day made all the running. He's got about four or five Benaz this year that stand out, and fiercely proud he's very much one of them. I would probably back fiercely proud without the favourite here, because mm. I just don't know how good Jericho de Repine is. He's he's down on our time figures that we've got, but he could easily run to a big number in a better race because I think that'll this you know this this will really tell us what what he's about. But fiercely proud's run a couple of really smart times, and he's looked really good. Um, and I think he'll probably get the better of the other three. So, again, that market isn't open. Um, but that would be my advice for that race. Um, it's about fiercely proud without the favourite. So, get, I think you'll get sort of six to four him without, whereas Jericho de Repo now be something like two on. Fiercely proud, yeah. 13 to two, um, a quarter of the two who want to back fiercely proud each way. Uh, but as Andy says, keep an eye out for the without market, which will come out in the coming hours, I would have thought. Uh, the 205 is the uh, Mayor's Hurdle where Astro Diamond is a 13 to 8 favourite ahead of Gala Marceau at 2 to 1 under control 4 to 1 uh, 12 to 1 say goodbye uh, 25 to 1 Stainsby Girl and uh, Riccarella is 250 to 1 uh, 3 at the top end here it looks like a, a battle between those 3 who do you think is, uh, is best set to come out on top yeah I think this is a bit of a precursor to what we might see at the Cheltenham Festival um, we've got Lossie Mouth over at Cheltenham running over um, two and a half miles uh, and we've got these two here who are genuine two and a half miles Galamasso and Usher Diamond running over two so they're not running over their ideal distance but which one of the two has got the most pace um, I'd probably go with Asher Diamond and the fact that she's had a run as well this season um, she looked as though she needed it in the um, the race that was won by Tiupu um, the Hatton's Grace but I certainly don't think there was any disgrace in that um, whereas Galamasso hasn't run since finishing since winning um, at Punchestown. So, again, we're gonna, it's, it's more of a fact-finding mission and a, and a learn about wh where we stand with a lot of the Willie Mullins horses who are coming over this weekend. Uh, I think it's great that he is running them and he doesn't shoot the issue if he wants to run 
um, them against each other. He'll definitely be doing that next weekend in the Dublin Racing Festival, so he's got to be commended with that. But on this occasion, I just think Asher O'Diamond ran this galloping trap with a run under a belt. Might just get the better of the battle, but I think we're going to see kind of like um, a better indication of their capabilities when they meet over two and a half at Cheltenham in March. Yeah, interesting stuff. And finally, in the 240, uh, we've got the um, the River Don Novice Hurdle over three miles. Uh, welcome to Cartier is the three to one favourite. Uh, destroy the evidence, four to one. Kerry Hill, eight to one. I love my my bail, uh, eight to one. Seventeen to two. Esprit to, to uh, Potter, nine to one. Range, uh, twelve to one. Bar. Yeah, it's a race that Paul Nichols has won before. Um, uh, he's got Welcome to Cartres, who's very much the unknown quantity. And what he's done so far on the racetrack, he'd have to find quite a bit to beat some of these who I think have got better form. So I'll go with the horses that have got the better form. I think Destroy the Evidence holds the, the key to this race, really, with that second beyond Shanabob at Cheltenham last time out. It was a genuinely good race. They went a good sound gallop. Nicky Henderson's horse just outstayed him, but... He's a very, very brave and tenacious horse, um, destroy the evidence. He didn't give up that day, even though he's off the broader from a long way out. He's definitely complimented by the way that David Brass rides him and the way that David likes to ride. Um, uh, no holes barred kind of attitude. And the horse keeps responding. I think this galloping track will really suit him. Um, Kerry Hill was behind him that day. I think we, we haven't quite seen the best of Kerry Hill. I think I think maybe this flatter track might, might play into his strength a little bit more than Cheltenham, but... To be fair, he has got a little bit to find with Destroy the Evidence, who now comes from a yard who are finally coming out of that little bit of a slumber that they had um, Christmas stroke into the new year. They've, they've had a couple of winners in, in, in recent days, so a little bit more confidence behind the Kim Bailey stable now. Um, so, yeah, Destroy the Evidence, a very consistent horse. If you can get somewhere in and around an each-way prize for him on Saturday, I don't think you go too far wrong with him. Four to one, destroy the evidence. Uh, Bet Victor and Coral, <clears throat> Bet and GM, and a couple of other firms. Uh, four to one there. Uh, anything else on the cards to count for uh, Doncaster, Andy? Yeah, um, I think Love Tree will run well in the first. She got bogged down on um, heavy ground last time out of Ludlow. Prior to that, she was really silky smooth around that track on better ground. I think because she is such a big, strong mare, that that, that the heavy ground is, is no good to her. So it'll be interesting to see how they price that race up. I'm sure we'll do the Irish raid of Gordon Elliott who won Aintree, we favour it. But you might get a nice each-way price about Love Tree. She could be the surprise package. Could be a good day for connections, of course, with Burdett Road in the same colours at Cheltenham. And um, it'd be remiss of me not to at least put up a couple of horses to keep an eye on in the Great Yorkshire Chase. Whether I put them up on my column or not depends on the prices. But I quite like the form of forward plan and um, two shots of tequila um, here from um, a race 42 days ago. Um, forward plan came out on top that day um, but if you recall they, they took the four fences out in the home straight because of low sun I don't think it really helped two shots of kilo who is a very good jumper and a strong traveller and because those got away from him at the front end of the, at the front end of the race he wasn't able to get back into it but he was very heavily back two shots of tequila he went a favour that day having been around about five six to one in the betting so it's clear that Rebecca Menzies' horse likes Doncaster. He likes good ground. There isn't too much rain predicted for the weekend. And I think if you can get sort of 16 to 1 for him on Saturday, again with four or five places, maybe more, um, he'll give you a good spin, um, two shots of tequila. So he'd be the one at this stage I'll be, I'll be looking at. Two shots of tequila, 16 to 1. <clears throat> That's best price with Hills, Bet Victor, Coral, 
and a couple of others as well. Uh, two firm Sky Benton Hills going six places at the moment uh, for the Great Yorkshire uh, Handicap Chase. So make sure you check that out. Um, that brings our Saturday preview to a close. Great to be back with you, Andy. Thank you very much as ever very for back. sharing our tips and insight. We'll be back, uh, I think, every week now until the Chapman Festival. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled uh, on the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find Odds Checker betting shows there and also Racing Weekly every week as well. Um, with all the news after the weekend's racing, do check that out. Uh, and do download the Odds Checker app where you can find the best prices, bookie offers, free bets, place terms, and plenty more up on there. The perfect companion to your weekend's racing. Uh, enjoy it. Um, Going to be a, a, well one of the best Saturdays I think we've had this season so far. Uh, should be plenty yeah. of action going on. Hopefully a couple of winners put up there by Andy. Uh, please do ensure that you are gambling responsibly. <laughs>